Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olson, founder and editor-in-chief of Scandinavian Mind. My guest today is Emma Riederstad, founder and CEO of Warpin Media, a Stockholm-based company specialized in AR and VR experiences. I think this is super interesting, and it's particularly current subject given all the fashion weeks and design weeks we are now living through, completely digital. In my editor's letter that is out today, I talk about how the fashion and design shows have turned into bona fide media brands with their own TV talk shows at the center of them. It's staggering how little innovation we see in terms of immersive media and other innovative forms of displaying product. But I do think this is coming though, and I had a blast talking to Emma about this. In this episode, Emma talks about how VR can help you with mindfulness, how VR bodysuits will change armchair travel forever, and how meetings will demand VR and AR in a post-pandemic world. Also, what's wrong with Elon Musk's Neuralink? More on this soon. First, I'd like to thank the Helio co-working space for hosting us in their podcast studio. I also want to mention that this week we are doubling down on our podcast publishing. Every Wednesday, we publish an in-depth interview with an innovator working in the intersection of lifestyle and technology. And every Friday, we'll be publishing a panel talk or other behind-the-scenes content from the world of Scandinavian mind. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to stay updated on the latest news and learn about upcoming events and clubhouse sessions. Visit scandinavianmind.com newsletter. Here now, my conversation with Emma Riederstad. Enjoy. I'm here with Emma Riederstad, CEO and founder of Warpin Media. Emma, how are you? I'm fine. It's so happy to be here. How are you? This is going to be so exciting. I have so many questions about how you work and uh, perhaps more important, where we are headed with this uh, new technologies that you are expert in. Um, I'd like to start with sort of taking the the, the long view in a way. Mm. I, I uh, read a book last year called Future is Faster Than You Think by, by Peter Diamandis and, and Stephen Kotler. And when they were around talking about this book and sort of uh, looking at technologies from, from all parts of, of, of life and the world, uh, they basically said that there's an internet-sized business opportunity within VR. Mm in the coming years. Would you agree to that? Definitely, most definitely. I think that VR is going to be like the next leap, the next step, maybe the final step for us also, because what's beyond VR and AR? You know, that's really stepping into internet, but in 3D, like that's everything you can do there, you can do in VR and in AR. So definitely. So let's... Uh, for anyone who uses this episode, and I hope hope the ones uh, who don't know as much about this use use this episode for that, how would you define just VR and AR to start with so okay. we get the basics right? So virtual reality VR, it's when you're putting a headset on and cover your eyes. You're completely immersed, so you change your environment. 
when you're doing AR, that you can do from your mobile phone. Every phone over iPhone 6 and upwards have that built in. But also you use glasses. So you kind of stay in this environment, but you add digital objects to your environment. Mm. So it's like a mixture of the physical and the digital. So they have different you know, user areas, but they can also, or in the future, they will be mixed. They will be mixed. And uh, what are some of the most uh, obvious examples of this? What are some of the most popular examples that you give, perhaps from your own work, but also from others when you explain this to people? Well, when I started four years ago, the best example for augmented reality was Pokemon Go. Mm because that was something that everyone knew. But right now we can say that, you know, the filters that you use on Snapchat, Instagram, the shopping where you can actually have, you know, seeing the clothes on a model through your phone, that's augmented reality. Mm -hmm. Virtual reality, of course, started out with gaming. You know, you couldn't immerse yourself in the gaming environments. But we're seeing a lot of, you know, educational uh, user cases where you can actually train in difficult situations. So it's uh, VR is very experience-based. It's like traveling to new places, traveling to outer space, to Mars, to the bottom of the ocean, doing all of the things you can't really do. So it's very experienced. And uh, talk about Warp in Media to, to get an understanding of what you do in this space and the services you provide. So we primarily focus on business to business because, you know, the virtual reality headset, that was like the Christmas gift of the year in Sweden, 2017, I think. But, you know, nobody, if you're not a hardcore gamer, there's nobody really who's like taken the flag and done that app that really, you know, pushes the envelope for the mass consumer. But within education, that is where everything is happening right now. So training. So we are doing a lot of training in virtual reality for companies and their employees to be able to train more faster, more realistic, more cost efficient, but also to kind of build empathy for other people, kind of, you know, being a sustainable environment where you don't have to travel to an office. So we're producing all of that content on a platform that we have called Accelerate. So that is one of our legs. The other leg that we have in augmented reality is we do a lot of things for Magic Leap or through the glasses of Magic Leap. Mm. So we can do shopping experiences or art experiences where you can, you know, immerse yourself through art and clothes in different ways. Wonderful. So, uh, you know, obviously we've all gone through 2020. We just uh, made it through. Uh, How has this year changed you guys in terms of uh, the the demand for your technology and, and so forth? Well, you know, short time COVID, I think, has a very bad... Uh, effect on the most of the companies or a lot of companies but long term it's going to have a good effect for us because a lot of companies had to become very digital much faster than before Uh, but you know all the end consumer products that we have facing you know in stores where people gather of course they were just like out the window uh, last year but a lot of companies were starting to like be, hey, we can't bring our employees that we hire to our office. How are we going to show them our office? How are we going to get this, you know, experience together again? So we have seen a, a lot of more companies going towards that digital training uh, thing with um, VR, but decreasing on the uh, end consumer. 
course. So how does these these training sessions work? Uh, do where, where, are people spread out all over the world and they, they come together in some you know virtual uh, room where they get uh, you know information and, and knowledge about the, the company and the services and so forth? Well, you know if you're if you're a company and you have this service, then you would have a headset. Mm -hmm. It could be somewhere in the office or it could be wherever you want it. You can send it home to an employee. So what you actually do is you put on the headset and that's when the training starts. So we customize the training for each uh, company. So for example, Postnode, uh, uh, the Swedish postal service, there you can actually train on doing you know, a vehicle control. So you can actually train this so that won't happen, any mistakes when you're actually doing it in the real. It's almost like flight simulation yeah, for it's pilots. Like a, so. Yeah, definitely. So virtual reality is actually taking over all of those really expensive simulations mm. Uh, that you used to have before but you can also use it uh, a lot of our clients use it for you know managing stress so you can put on a headset and you can transport yourself to Höga Kusten up in the Nordics and you can sit there with one of the most um, you know d greatest researcher we have within stress and you can meditate together with her so it's all about you know moving your body to places and learning because you know the body doesn't realize that you're not actually there mm. so it kind of everything that you learn in virtual reality goes much much deeper what do you so, mean the body doesn't realize well you know your mind can know that you're sitting in this room with a virtual reality headset but your body doesn't really connect the dots so if you for example were standing in a room you have flat surface under your your you know feet mm. Uh, but you put on a headset and you're gonna go on a like a steep or something. A lot of people won't do it, even though they know that they are safe, because the body will react. So you know, I'm not doing this. So like biochemically, yeah. something happens yeah. within us. Yeah. Gi just given the the visual impressions we get from there. Yeah, and I'm I mean it's it's deeper than that because uh, I used to talk about this case. It's very old, but it's w one of the great greatest cases I think that UN did when they uh, you were able to transport yourself to a refugee camp in Syria mm. and you were standing there you know with a girl five-year-old girl and you were going through these you know things that she was doing during one day and uh, you know you can't turn away your fa face it's like you're there you're 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 actually there uh, so it's it's enormously good media for raising empathy and for putting yourself in someone else's shoes, mm. uh, like diversity training, you know, to put a, maybe a, a male in a headset and as a female and being, you know, exposed to everything that you could be exposed to as a female and just have that experience as yourself is very, very impactful that's that's interesting because I, I'm, I'm want to get to what you said about this might be sort of the last step for us yeah. uh, I, I want to know what you mean by that but to your point there I mean this all these discussions about the the current state of social media and the sort of uh, anonymization of, of people and how easy it is to drive misinformation and, and, mm. and bullying and that's this sort of thing uh, in the current state of communication, which is sort of written form in, in, in you know, a uh, comment section on, a, on, a, on an Instagram post or mm. something. So you're saying in, in a VR situation where we to meet each other in a VR situation is much more similar th to meeting each other face to face uh, IRL, so to speak. Yeah. 
And of course, in the beginning, we're going to have avatars. Mm. So we're going to meet each other as an avatar. But it's going to be much more present than if you're just writing something on Instagram or, you know, doing something that's very, like you said, anonymous in that sense. So, uh, you know, everything that you can do on the Internet today or on your phone you're going to be able to do it in VR or in AR, but in a much, much more elaborate way than we had before. And, and you see this being spread out to sort of all areas, all areas of, of uh, like you're talking about education, entertainment, mm. and so forth. Yeah, I, I definitely do. And I think you, you mentioned the word education there, and I think that that is a, a really good point to talk about because... We need, when new technology comes, we need to educate how to use it in a good way. And I think we need to educate how this is going to affect our lives. So we can kind of, you know, we're, we're looking at our kids and they are on the phone all the time. And for us, we grew up in the 80s and it was like free from, you know, internet and that type of thing. So we need to keep educating our kids what's real, what's not real. And to be able to have that critical thinking all the time. So we kind of can, you know, this is the real world and this is a made-up world. It's interesting. I, th- I think about this all the time. My daughter is 10 years old mm. and uh, she comes home from school. And uh, there was a shift uh, a, a couple of years back when she started meeting her friends within these mm. platforms. So for her, it's I think Roblox is, is the main one. There are Fortnite, there are others, uh, Minecraft as well. Uh, they today they sort of they call each other and then they meet each other yeah, within these like games. house party yeah type. Uh, um, and uh, it, it, when I see it, it's not hard for me to envision uh, reality she comes home she takes on a headset and she runs around sort of herself her mm. own avatar uh, and not to have this sort of crooked <laughs> you know looking into the phone no. or, or the computer. Um, do you think that's where we're going, and and do you, how far how far away is that scenario? Yeah, I think that that's where we're going, and how far is always hard to say. Uh, like how fast it's going to take for the adoption of everything and the new technology, and you know, content is king. It needs to be, um, you know, cheap enough for everyone to buy it. It needs to be great content, great activities, things that actually add to our human experience and not like just be another tech thing. Uh, But I definitely think that we're going that way. Uh, And, you know, I have that positive thinking of thinking that, you know, people will always want to meet other people. You know, this human interaction, nothing can take away that. But to be able to have those types of meetings with people all around the world that can make mean that you can do business from your home and meet people from Asia or, you know, from anywhere in the place, but build those connections, I think that that could, you know, democratize a lot of information and to build relationship with a lot of more people on a much more deeper level. But I think people will always meet like this. Mm. I don't think that we will be just become those robots that sits, you know, in our home and just go out of the world just by for eat and food, you know, basically. So, but I think a lot of like the Burning Man kind of that will grow much more. Mm. Those types of small, um, you know, tribes will glow, will grow much more. So it's not going to be like uh, what's the movie Ready Player One. I hope not. Yeah. I actually think that that you know our basic human needs 
is this togetherness and this physical. And of course, you know, going forward, will we be able to to know the difference mm. between what's real and not? Maybe not, but we're not there yet. So I think it's very important to to have that mindset of what this is actually good for. And you mentioned before we're, we're sort of waiting for that tipping point mm. idea or tipping point technology or or the thing that makes this mainstream. Because the way I look at VR, it's it's uh, just from my own sort of experience, the 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 ones I have tried and so forth. Uh, it it seems to me that VR is still the kind of the technology that gets a little bit ridiculed, where we've been talking about it for mm. so many years. I, I think it's I think it's eight years ago now where Google yeah. launched their, their their glasses. That was sort of a, um, a big launch effect. I remember I was editor in chief of Plaza magazine. I had them on the cover of, on a model. It's like the future is here, yeah. and now we're here eight years later. No one still we're still mm. not using it on a, on a broad scale. Mm. Um, what what do you think needs to happen? Is it is it sort of hardware? Are the are the yeah. headsets too clunky? Is it is it is it the service that needs? Is it like do do Netflix need to get into this? Hmm. What are the steps that need to be taken? Well, I think it's a combination. First of all, it's the hardware. I think that the the closest thing to mass adaptation will be AR. Uh, it's going to be a, a pair of glasses type that you are wearing, maybe a little bit more clunkier, but that's going to be a companion to your mobile phone because it's it's a shift in, in user, you know, how you use your technology. So it has to add value. It has to make something better for you to use your glasses than instead of doing it as your through your phone. For example... You know, Google Maps, something. Find the how you're going. It's much more easier if you have it through your glasses than looking through your phone, for example. So it has to happen. Something has to happen there, where so you reach the mass yeah. uh, audience. Seems, seems safer as well, not to yeah. look down in your phone. Exactly. And, in your car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be able to add those kind of superhuman things, so we can, you know recognize people that we know you, you know everything oh God, like that that would that be wonderful yeah and I mean get, just get da- think about dating <laughs> if you have like a profile that you really really you know is looking for and you can kind of pass someone in the city and it's mm. like there he is or there she is matches your profile that would be awesome wouldn't it well, I'm not in the market. No, so, me so. neither. But I'm just thinking that it would be so cool. Yeah, sure. I'm thinking more like you meet people in the streets. Like, what, where, where did I meet that person? Where, where, yeah, you can do that, that as well. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you get a backstory. You yeah. Know? yeah. The life uh, simmers uh, in front of your eyes. Yes. So that's super interesting. So that's the hardware yeah. part. Uh, and so are we still, we're still at, I mean... Uh, there's there's a ton of rumors about Apple. Just mm. the other day, there was uh, some, some article in in the newspaper. Their their sort of stock uh, rose because they're mm. sort of hinting on mm. releasing their glasses. Uh, what you know from your end, you're in the industry. I'm sure there's a lot of shatter. No one knows really. What do you think the next step is going to be? Because right now, it's correct me if I'm wrong. We're yeah. n- we're still at this sort of kind of clunky mm. uh, headsets that are not particularly comfortable to wear on a longer uh, period of time. Is there innovations happening already? Am I missing mm. something or, or what's the next step? Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. But, you know, the latest Oculus that they released, it just went sold out as one. It is actually super comfortable, super good user experience, but it's for gaming still mm. and, you know, experience. So it's very, it's not the broad mass that will never reach that. You know, if you're not interested in gaming or, you know, those type of experiences, it's not going to really come there. So 
I mean, the next step, do you mean like software or do you mean like the experience wise? What do you think? I think just just stick on hardware for, for, for yeah. a moment. You yeah. Know? So I think, think there needs to be some kind of yeah. uh, uh, innovation yeah. that makes it easier. Or if it's an add on to my current glasses yeah. or yeah. I don't know, what is it? Is it is it the le- contact lenses that they're mm-hmm. talking about? That's far a little bit further in the future. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the first thing I think that's going to be mass is, of course, the glasses, the AR glasses. Mm-hmm. They're going to look a little bit like your glasses, but a little bit clunkier. And the coolest ones I've seen are actually, I don't know if you remember these 80s when you had like leather on the side. Yeah. Like it, they were like, you know, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But they look like that. And I think that that's going to be you know, the the first thing that people are going to wear that feels confident. Because, you know, people are still, when I put on people a, a VR headset that hasn't tried it, they still have this fear that they will look ridiculous, mm. that they will kind of, you know, am I doing something wrong? Will people laugh at me? Do I look funny? So it's it's about, you know, getting over that insecurity also of what this can actually give you. I've had some of, you know, the most amazing experiences in virtual reality. And I wouldn't, you know, I don't care. I can go with it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it took, a li- you know, a couple of weeks or months to actually get used to it. It's like when the first, uh, you know, when people first started to talking, uh, you know, through their head phones. The, the, the wireless Yeah, the wireless headset. Yeah. Yeah. And people were like, he's crazy. People yeah. have gone crazy, <laughs> you know, in the streets. So every technology has this little bump that we have to kind of get over. Mm. But I'm actually seeing much more now that fashion is starting to integrate that type of technology into fashion. Because what happens when everyone starts wearing glasses? Yeah. What happens with fashion then? So I've seen that a lot of company has started to to see that we're going to that path. Mm. So they started to kind of what's going to happen with hair, what's going to happen, you know, with our style, how will we, you know, be fashionable in that sense. So it's very interesting to see that we're actually, you know, going towards that. That's super. Let's talk about fashion for a while. Mm. Uh, we mentioned it before we started recording. Um, and you've worked, you've done some projects for mm. with, with yeah. fashion brands doing sort of launches with uh, AR technology. Press, maybe you should just mention what you've done before. Yeah, the most uh, exciting one uh, that we did, I think, um, was the launch of the Moschino and H&M collaboration in New York. Mm. Um, and we did this elongated television set that was built just for this day. And we had this awesome experience inside of it where people put on a Magic Leap headset and the collection just came alive and you could touch handbags that look real but they were melting when you touched them. So that was an awesome experience. It got like 6,000 articles I think and we showed it to like two or 300 people. That was super exciting. It's a, it's a great case and you, I think you can still view it on your website yeah, and, you, and, you and can. YouTube if, if mm. you want to have a look for, for inspiration. Uh, but I think fashion is interesting from for from from two uh, two reasons, and we, we're always trying to look. Obviously, our platform is about sort of the intersection of, of lifestyle and, and tech. Uh, the one is sort of the influence uh, over uh, the what we talked about before the sort of r- the ridiculousness that yeah. people might feel about wearing something. So I think fashion uh, probably will play a role there, mm. and I, I think whoever. 
if it's Apple or, or whoever who, who designs the first sort of fashionable glasses, I think they should be uh, and will be very uh, keen on having it on the right type of yeah. influencers and the right type of designers and mm. tastemakers that will make this, uh, you know, available in mainstream. Um, one other thing I, I'm, I'm thinking about, because fashion and, and you know, obviously with 2020 and, and, and the pandemic and all the fashion, which sort of canceled, fashion is an industry that is... Uh, very adapted to to uh, um, consuming the content mm. digitally. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously Instagram uh, is a huge driver f- for this uh, right now. I think the other day Virgil Abloh just did his uh, mm. uh, fashion show for 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 the fall winter collection Louis Vuitton. Uh, I, I thought what I thought was interesting, but viewing this for sort of from my armchair, is that the experience. From my on my phone was actually better this time yeah. than if I viewed sort of a, a digital version of a runway show somewhere. Mm. So they had really sort of thought about how will this be um, communicated to all the people that are at yeah. home and and won't be able to be present. You know, it could be both consumers and and uh, and uh, uh, you know fashion editors and buyers. So there's sort of a demo- uh, democratization happening there as well. Um, do you see any, just any, from your mind, any observations uh, happening in in this field? Mm. How, how you know, obviously AR, VR, it seems like so much could happen because fashion is so visual uh, 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 that it should be used more yeah. than it is. And it's coming. I mean, this year is going to explode, uh, I would say, in, in showing clothes and garments in a more digital AR way. Mm. I think uh, within, you know, a couple of years, we won't go to stores in the same ways. The stores will be just the experience hub for the brand. Uh, we will have the total store at our own home, wherever we want it. So you can actually just categorize, you know, pick out the outfits that you want. You can actually see them on yourself, modeling them, you know, in your living room. So I think the whole shopping experience is going to change because of this. But I think it's also important to remember, as you know, as soon as it comes a new medium, people always try to do what they did before. Mm-hmm. So when we change from magazines or paper to Internet... I remember, you know, in the beginning, it was like, yeah, let's put the paper inside Internet. So it was actually a physical paper almost that you kind of turned pages. Do you remember that? (laughs) And it was like painfully, painfully, yes, but that was like the first mistake. So you have to make sure that you're not doing that again Mm -hmm. now. So a lot of brands, when they started to doing virtual reality, did, did exactly the same thing. Oh, let's put a person in the audience at a, ca- a runway show, a camera in the audience. Mm-hmm. That doesn't add anything in this media. Why not put yourself on top, you know, on the podium, behind the scenes, adding something more? So you have to be very careful of what you do because virtual reality is very immersive. So the experience can be as good as bad. They can actually have a very bad experience from a brand. So it's very important to kind of not go into those old mistakes that we did before. Uh, so kind of use the media for what it's good for. Yeah. And, and do you have any reaction to, obviously, the, the, the counter-argument would be you can't feel the garment, you can't see texture, you can't, uh, you know... Yeah, but you are going to. Right. So that's coming also. Uh, I mean, in the future, we're going to have gloves. Mm. That's going to have a sensitive 
that's going to be sensitive or you're going to have oils or you're going to have something that's going to make you be actually able to feel the garment as well. That's in the future. But going forward, yes, that's going to be something that you're not going to be able to feel it. But I think that the the hubs or the stores, I'm, I'm starting to call them hubs, I don't know why, but, you know, the physical store, mm. that's going to have a different role that they had before. So you're probably going to go there from, for inspiration or for meeting other people or for doing things that you like within the brand. Mm. Uh, and then you're going to probably go home and shop. So you will, you will probably maybe feel something there or touch something there, but you're going to shop from home. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just the other day, my my stepdaughter showed me. Uh, she bought a new sofa, and in the in the app, in the sort of retail, the digital retail experience, there was this sort of AR yeah. sort of project the, the sofa, sofa yeah. in the in the room. Still pretty clunky experience, not super sharp, but it, yeah. it was the first time I saw it in 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 that setting. So mm. I'm, I'm sure there's things ha- happening there as well. Oh, but, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about the glove. I'm, you know, f- from gloves, it's not hard to realize it's going to be full body suits yes. as well. Yes. Uh, maybe we won't go to vacation. Maybe we just uh, lay down on our bed with with a suit and, <laughs> and a glass, and then we're 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 on the beach. Yeah, and I mean, it wouldn't that be awesome for people who are you know sick or you know old can't travel, mm. you know all of those people who are you know hospitalized or, I think that that would be an excellent add-on or experience for them Uh, but I think I mean it also depends how the world is going to look like are we going to be able to travel in the same extent that we used to before we don't know yet Mm. things can happen so fast just look at the last year I mean the old pandemic it just said stop yeah, I think we uh, a lot of us would be virtually in Maldives if we if we could. Yeah, <laughs> and just by you know where the technology is right now, it's excellent. I went uh, to the, our solar system the other day, and it was wonderful. Just going out in space and just looking at the planets and going around, it's it's awesome. I need to do that. I haven't yeah. done that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so uh, so let's talk about sort of the wellness space because yeah. I know you're doing some work there. Mm. You mentioned uh, um, sort of meditation and the mm. stress-related uh, stuff. Uh, what type of projects are you involved in? Uh, well, right now that is our main uh, project that we're working with, with the Karolinska Institute and the researcher there because we're, f- we're seeing a need for it right now. You know, a lot of people are working from home. The stress levels are going up. People are getting very depressed. And to be able to to focus on yourself and on, you know, the inner core of what we actually are, I think it's it's never been more important right now. Mm-hmm. So to do that, it's, it's much easier to do that if more senses are immersed than just trying to sit on your, you know, sofa at home listening to, to a good music tape mm-hmm. or something. So that is one thing. But you can also look look from it from another perspective. That means how can we help people not to get injured in work? How can we help people carry things in a right way? So we are also building those type of simulations where you actually can train to use your body in the right way so you don't get injured. But I think we're going to see that type of, of apps going to explode, I think. Uh, that uh, you can travel somewhere, have a very deep, meaningful experience, but also motion-wise that you can, you know, move and train your body to to not be stiff when you're sitting at home, you know, in bad chairs and 
kitchen table is not a good environment, at least right now. And, and also work out with people yeah. that are not in the same room. Would that be a, an alternative? That should seems like something for, oh. for 2020. Oh, definitely. And um, my, for me personally, I don't like to work out in virtual reality because if you get very sweaty, it's not very nice to have that headset on your face. But when we're going to see the glass, it's, it's awesome. Because then you can actually see how you're doing. You know, you can mirror yourself in in much more ways, and to meet other people. You mentioned, you said that VR could be sort of. I'm not sure the the the, the word you used, but sort of the last step we yeah. have. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, if you think about it, like from a philosophically <laughs> point of view, what's what's next? Mm. You know, what's what's next? Where can we as human develop? ourself and our technology to like the end where it's the end of how far we can go mm. for me it feels like when we can take um when we can you know build the w- room that we are sitting in right now what what's next if we can build this but we can be sitting on mars or we can you know be in space what can we do after that so i think that the mixture of virtual and augmented reality it's it's going to be the thing where we stay a long time mm. it's it's internet 3.0 it's it's you know communication 3.0 it's experience 3.0 it's everything maxed out actually so i guess one would argue that the the step after that would be some form of deeper connection yeah. with technology you see elon musk doing this sort of neuralink you can yeah you can, surgically insert a yeah. chip in your on your brain mm. and you you wouldn't perhaps have the glasses no. need the glasses you can just communicate directly yeah. have the impulses have the sensations have the experience yeah. sort of transmitted i guess uh, yeah. to your brain what do you what's your take on that well i'm uh, i'm you know to be honest a bit afraid of that mm. uh, i as as you know when you're not invading your body with something you still have control over your thoughts your emotions you can you know know what's you and yeah. what's not you when you have something inserted the kind of mixed with you you don't know if that is for the greater good of you always you don't know who's controlling the data of course you know we will have regulations and everything like that but i would be very hesitant if i was healthy and you know s- safe and all of that if i didn't need that help to to insert something in my body you know we're human beings we we're designed this way for a, a reason and i think the longer the technology goes the more we have to remind ourselves of just how sovereign we are you know to keep our own space and to use technology and don't let technology use us and i think that that could be a a big issue if we're starting to doing implants in our body right so um I, i'm curious let's go back in time a little bit and i'm curious about your own sort of uh, story how, how uh, you've worked in, in in traditional sort of media houses and and so forth how, how did you end up uh, founding this company and and get so interested in it Well, I've always been a very nerdy girl. Uh, I, you know, loved science. I love gaming. I love adventure. I love everything that has to do with, you know, human potential. Everything like that. So when I was younger, I was gaming a lot, uh, and I came in contact with this technology. But we also realized, you know, that the computing power is not there yet. Mm. 
So when I was CEO of Modern Women Media, I read this article that now we now we really think that VR is gonna, you know, because now the the computing force is there. Mm. I just felt in my whole body that this is it. This is the time. This is what I've been waiting for. So I quit my job and I started this company and just to be able to work with this technology and use it for something that can elevate us and to put smiles on people's faces. That's, you know, so it's it's everything I wanted. So I'm just happy to be able to work with it. Was it obvious when you started what the business model was going to be like? Not at you, all. Yeah. What was the challenges in the beginning? Everything. It was like, I remember the first thing I was like, I wanted to know where the first low-hanging fruit could be for virtual reality. Mm. And f the first idea was to have this, well, okay, all of these VR games that are coming up, could we think the way we thought in media? Uh, could we use the, who's going to own Times Square, for example? Mm. When someone can put a, a, a thing over it, use someone else's, you know, advert right. as a trigger to trigger your own content. Who's going to own, you know, the physical space? So I thought it was very interesting to look at how we could, you know, capitalize on using the areas that are already there, but to overlay with other content. Mm. But then I realized so quickly that education is the thing. It's going to, you know, to democratize education to everyone in the world, to democratize information, to, to be able to, to do the type of training that you want from wherever you want. I thought that, that was very, very interesting. And when I saw the results of the first reports coming out from Stanford and Hartford, uh, Harvard, um, of, you know, it's being like the educational curve is like 300% more than in a classroom. If you're standing on the Chinese wall, looking at it, you kind of realize it's not two kilometers. You, you, you kind of learn in a deeper way. But of course, in the beginning, it was like going with the future machine, trying to sell a future machine. You know, nobody knew really what it was. Mm. So it was a lot of difficulties in the beginning. Uh, but then you kind of, you know, you land your passion, your vision in something, and it just goes from there, I would say. But it was super hard. It still is. How, what, what does your team look like? Is it, uh, are you, do you have, is it developers, programmers, or is it, you know, are you out there producing events with these headsets? Or mm. uh, what's the setup? No, we're, we're mainly programmers and 3D artists. Mm. Uh, and then uh, my team is more like we have sales strategy, UI. But other than that, it's programmers and 3D artists that work very, very tightly on creating the experiences and the platforms that we're building. Because you can't, you know, develop something if you're not connected to what the clients actually want or how the consumer works. So it's very good that we kind of, I'm out talking to clients, seeing what the needs are, having my ear towards, you know, the street. Mm. And then we can go back and we can kind of talk about that. Where is the technology right now? What can we do with this? How deep can we go, uh, you know, in developing things that will actually fit the market where it is right now? So what does the sales pitch look like? What are some of the benefits that you use when you're when you're out pitching your own service? Like you will save money or you mm. will do this, this, this? What does it look like? Well, it, it, it always starts with that it's engaging. It's very, very engaging. It's time efficient. It's decreasing, you know, hiring the wrong staff. It's, you know, everything like that. But what it always comes down to for a lot of companies is that it actually saves money. So all of those soft values are wonderful and really good, but it actually saves money. Because if you can shorten your training period from like one hour instead to 20 minutes, that will save a lot of time and money for companies. 
so you can do it also over the years when you have recorded this you know simulation one time mm. you can show that to as many people as you want as many times as you want training people much more efficiently before they even start doing their job so that i would say is the biggest pitch uh, or the biggest uh, thing that you can actually have from this right. But then I love the the soft things about it is that people get more engaged. They, you know, become more ambassadors towards their own companies because mm. you're able to show them in a whole new world that you haven't seen before. Mm. Uh, uh, sustainability is a is a subject that we always uh, try to incorporate in all our, our, our storytelling. And I'm, mm. I'm curious, are there benefits in that regard? In maybe in in various uh, industries. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you uh, are there some benefits and examples you can uh, you can um, relate to that? Yeah, of course. I mean, the first and most obvious one is that you don't need to travel in the same sense. You don't need to bring all people to the office to see it. You can actually show the office as you were there anyways. So you save a lot of, I think, environment from travels. I would say that that is the biggest environmental thing. Mm. Then if I flip it and say, well, let's build um, something that we can show how people can save the environment in an immersive way or raise awareness through a virtual reality headset, mm then we have a whole different level of understanding on how to use this media for the right purpose. There's a, a TV series called Westworld that yeah. a lot of people in this space are, are looking at. And in the in I think it's the third uh, season, uh, you really see the use of these uh, sort of holograms. That yeah. People are sitting around the boardroom and, and when the meeting's over, you turn a switch and everyone's gone. Mm. They were like sitting at, at home yeah. with some kind of, I don't know, projector mm. or, or scanner that, that sort of projects you in, in, in that room. Uh, is that even realistic? Do you think we're going to end up there? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a, it's it's... If we can, you know, if we can think it, we can make it. It's like it's like whatever we can think up that we can mm. do, I think that we are actually able to to do. Mm. It's like we're showing ourselves our own future sometimes, good or bad, mm. of course. Uh, but yes, I think so. I don't know exactly how that technology looks like, but it would be pretty nice to, to go to meetings in that way, I would say, because it's going to save me a lot of time to actually hang out and be with my kids. Mm. Instead, because I always have those two. I'm like, what can, can technology do so I can spend more time with the people I really want to be with mm. instead of going, you know, to a board meeting or something? Well, it, it seems to me that, you know, technology always, some, some sometimes it takes like one step forward and two steps yeah. back. And and I think just a few examples from, from 2020 is, is like, okay, it's great we can have Zoom meetings uh, and we can stay home, and, and for us that have ki small kids, you can spend more time with the yeah. kids, and, and perhaps you have a like a second home and a summer house, you can mm. spend more time there, so that's beneficial. But in terms of technology, I think a lot of people would agree that sort of Teams, Zoom, uh, Google Hangouts, very, very uh, clunky, bad services in mm. a way you're always starting the meeting with 10 minutes of oh, does it work or it's turn on your microphone <laughs> or you it, become a potato head and you yeah, don't know how to and get it's a rid of it. super sort of flat yeah. interface it doesn't really add anything i mean it's better perhaps than a phone call mm. 
but other than that, it doesn't really add anything to the experience. And I really, uh, I, I, I like the positive uh, viewpoint that you have that we are sort of in a stepping stone in terms of technology. Yeah. It's, because there's a, there's a lot of flat surfaces right now. We're looking at flat yes. surfaces and all the content, all the media, even the meetings mm. are at a flat surface. I have to stare down at the screen to, to see my colleagues. It's not an immersive no. experience. I don't have a, a good sense of body language, which sort of is the, the argument, yeah. but not not really. It's 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 And, and the, the images are usually low-resoluted and, and so forth. So it and seems it, like it's ripe for innovation. It, it is, and it dumbs us down. I would mm. say a bit because you start looking at these screens at things as it's if it is it real or not I'm not there I'm not connected to it it's far away so to be able to experience much more in a deeper level I think it's going to make us much more connected again mm. as well to your point that to be able to read body languages in another way I did a panel um, within a VR forum where we discussed, and we were meeting from all around the world, and we met in virtual reality. Uh, it took us about, I think, everyone was very used of, of using virtual reality, but it took us, like, we had to train for, like, half an hour mm. to kind of get a hold of everything because you can do so much more. I can pick up, like, a notebook, and I can draw something, and it becomes real, and we could, you know, we can all of a sudden create together mm. in a space where, the you know, our imagination is the limit. So it was awesome to actually talk to other people. Even though we were avatars, we could connect in a different way. It's like it was humorous. It was, you know, creatively, it was amazing. So I think that we're definitely there very, very soon. It's, uh, it's, I think that this year it's gonna, we're going to see that that explodes much, much more. What what are some of the sort of key resources that you use and look at in terms of, of where we are headed? You know, you mentioned uh, Harvard and, and and so forth a moment ago, but, are, you know, is it happening on the campuses or is it happening within the companies? I'm sure Google and Facebook and all these big mm. guys are, are working on, on this. Uh, where, where, where do you look? Where do you have your sort of ear to the ground? Well, right now I would say like everywhere. It's it's like it's such a we I think we talked about that before we recorded but you know tech and every industry mm. is becoming so much more you can't mention fashion without tech you can't men mention education without tech you can't mention anything now without technology so you know of course you're we're always looking what Apple is doing what you know Facebook is doing what the big giants are doing they are driving these forces and they are investing a lot of money in this so it's not a question about if this is happening it's a question of when mm. it it's happening so from 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 our point of view who's so immersed in this industry we know that we're already there we're just kind of waiting oh who's gonna you know is it you no no okay is it you so we're kind of just like you know sitting back and waiting because it's it's gonna come so probably apple i would say all right so so what's the next step for you guys what do you any projects you can uh, reveal that's going to happen? Or, I would or? love to. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to reveal, but we, you know, we can't because mm. a lot of our clients, they are, you know, if they're not big fashion clients that doing something for the first time. Mm. Uh, so we're doing a lot with our clients for the first time. And first time projects, it's, it's something that they want to talk about right. and uh, not us. But I can say that this year it's going to be 
packed with amazing experience within both fields. Just, you know, augmented reality is going to explode within fashion and I think art. And I think we're going to see a lot more, um, you know, training and education and, you know, feel good things within the virtual reality world. That's my hope anyways. All right. Sounds like there's a lot in the pipeline. We have all the reason to to come back to you, yes. Emma, and, and see what you're up to with, with Warping Media. Emma Riedestad, founder and CEO of Warping, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olson. This show was edited by Erik Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to ScandinavianMind.com to become part of our movement.